Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college shooters do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and it is a Friday. Wow. Cinco de Mayo. A special Friday. Have drinks on us. Listen to the show. Relax. 718-664-9098. You want to call in and talk some sports. Lots to talk about playoffs and other news and, and all the sports. And uh, check out RayandTayToday.com. We're very social, all the websites. Ray, a lot to get into, a lot of bouncing around, including our segment. We're bringing it back. I'm sorry. Well, Ray and I kind of say we're sorry or apologize for a team player or to a team player, a fan base. We'll mix it up for you. It'll be a lot of fun. So, Ray, let's start off with kind of like the, the news of the day. We'll bounce around, but in the NFL, you know, you got these rookies going to rookie training camp and this and that. But we have another quarterback, I guess, kind of retiring, but at least leaving the game. I don't know if he's filling out or handing in his papers, but Jay Cutler is joining Fox to become a broadcaster. I don't know if he'll do games like Tony or, you know, be in a studio. I I didn't get to read what they said, but what are your thoughts? And are you surprised that he, he just couldn't find a job? And I guess he didn't want one as a backup. So do you think that's the reason, or was it just time for him to move on? No, it's not time to, for him to move on. He's still one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the league. I'm sorry, and I'm not a Jimmer fan. Yeah. But this guy has the talent, the arm, the ability to win games. He's never going to take you to the playoffs or deep in the playoffs, but that's not to say that he's not a valid, legitimate talented and if he's not Jeff George let's not make him out to be Jeff George the guy who's you know got the great arm but but is really just a a problem to have on your team so Jay Cutler should be in the NFL first of all second of all I don't even think he has a great on-camera personality so to me I I don't know what Fox is getting other than a a pretty decent quarterback but I I don't think they say he's snarky but I'm like do I really want to See that? Like, I mean, you're right. He seems to have no energy. He doesn't really emote. Um, I don't see where it fits. I'm kind of baffled by this. Yeah, so I I don't get it. But what I do know is that he has several good years ahead of him on the playing field. So I don't know if he and Tony Romo make comebacks next year. But to me, Tony Romo may be with the back you could argue, is one hit away from his career being over and, and hopefully not, not worse than that. But Jay Cutler for sure has several good years ahead of him. So expect him back in the NFL quick, fast, and maybe not in a hurry, uh, but sometime maybe midseason or, or at the beginning of next season for sure, unless he doesn't want to play. But to me, you can't tell me there's 32. He's not one of the 32 best. I totally agree, and maybe it's just a year sabbatical. 
we'll see. Speaking of players who, not like him, have had other issues but still might want to get another job, wide receiver Michael Floyd uh, visiting the Vikings and might even uh, sign with them. You think that's a good fit? I would think the Vikings, the Rams, a lot of these teams need receivers. You think Michael Floyd can turn his life and game around? Well, you know, these football coaches, they think they could turn anybody around. They have a, a minor in psychology. <laughs> but his off-the-field stuff was well-documented, and then he tried to stick with the New England Patriots and did a good job of staying, you know, clean and above above board. So, yeah, I think football-wise he can add to many teams. And, uh, you know, one of these guys, it's almost like scared straight, right? You make that mistake, you get caught, you, you know, you pay your, you, you pay your dues, and then you, you figure, look, my career, I only have two, three, four more good seasons, so let me get it together. So I, I think he will. He's a big receiver, and, and he's, we all know he's got talent because we've seen him do it in the pros with the Cardinals, just not, you know, I guess in a contract season, he really did not do so great on the field. And then, obviously, the alcohol problem off the field. So, I don't know. I wish him well. Maybe he turns it around. Now, what's up with your guy, Michael Orr, Ray? Not, you know, you hate to talk about the negative stuff, but how do you assault an Uber driver? I mean, come on, Michael Orr. I don't know. That's, uh... <laughs> Ray, I, I don't, that's, I, that's I don't a know. What's the backstory on that? I, I just read I, the, I don't the headline. Know. I just sort of caught this one. And I was reading that he was cited for assaulting an Uber driver. So I don't know details. Hopefully they'll investigate it. I'll tell you one thing that's interesting. At least he's high tech and he's using Uber. There you go. And he's not drunk driving. So maybe he was drunk sitting and uh, got a little carried carried away. Um, But one good news before we leave this NFL real quick, Doug Martin is, is, is not badly hurt. He was in a pretty, pretty bad car accident. So, um, you know, good for him and all indications after his three-game suspension that he would be, you know, back in the saddle for Tampa Bay. Um, he's in the off-season workouts, and the Bucks say he's, you know, looking really good. So that's good. And your boy signed, I think, the first rookie to sign, Christian McCaffrey. Got, a, what, $17 million and a $10.5 million signing bonus. That seems like a lot. I know that they're kind for of the, slotted, but I didn't know. Yeah, for the eighth some, pick, that seems that – seems, Seems high, That's but I guess good, that, that right? is what it is. Get you, get you, your ten million. So let's let's talk about it. It was a big deal, kind of yesterday. It gets released, and you see it all over Twitter. The big baller brand, Levar Ball, uh, releases Lonzo Ball sneakers, uh, black and gold, and you know they actually look better than the Under Armour Stephen Curry's, and they're not bad sneakers. But Ray, when you release them for four hundred and ninety-five dollars. I can't take you serious. Your son has not been drafted. They haven't even had the draft lottery yet. That's next Tuesday. You don't know what's going on. He hasn't played since, you know, March Madness. And the kid hasn't touched the ball professionally yet. I just think his dad and the company, they're missing the mark. And I kind of feel bad for the kid. I like the business venture, proud papa and starting your own thing. But I would have gone the route, Ray, of Stefan Marbury in China have your sneakers lower and maybe show people that you care about the kids and then build it up. Instead of 495, how about 95, Ray? That's how I think of it. Yeah, and and you also got to 
let let your kid show his stuff. Yeah. Hey, Michael Jordan signed that contract out of college, but Michael Jordan signed, won a national championship. And even Michael Jordan, it took him a couple of years before he really became brand Jordan. I mean, they're pricing this thing as if this guy is LeBron James already. So yeah. I, I'm all for the entrepreneurialism, and I'm all for supporting your kids and, and, and making – you know, a business out of it, but you know what? You're making enemies already, because he's now walking around saying, you know, my three kids, we're going to be a billion dollar franchise. I mean, that turns people off. You know, let people love your kid. His game is lovable. He's yeah. a really great, special, special kid. So let the fans fall in love with him. Let the fans know who he is. Let the fans. Get to know him, and then they'll be happy to sport his jersey on their back, put his shoes on their. But to come out and be like, "Look, we're the big baller brand. We mm-hmm. got a bill. We're a billion dollar asset, and I'm, I'm, I'm the man. I'm looking you know after my is, right? He's too eager. Turn people off. He sees the fame, and he thinks it's gonna fade away. And it's like, yo, my man, calm down. You got three talented kids. All three are going to UCLA. La, La Angela, LiAngelo starts uh, in the fall as a freshman, and it's like, you know, Lonzo would be a top three pick most likely, but you're right, like, calm down, like, let everybody, I wouldn't even release the sneaker yet at all, so I don't know, that's just me, but maybe he's getting some sort of advice that some sort of marketing people are telling him this is, you know, do this, and yada, yada. I don't know, I, I just think it's, it's way too fast, and it looks sloppy, like you said. It, it just looks really, really sloppy. But I wish the kid well, and you know what? Hey, I, I wish the brand well, because you know what? I, we do need more people trying to build their own thing, and I think that that I can respect. I just wish there was some more humility out of him, because like you said, the kid seemed fine. <laughs> You know? I wonder if at some point there was a, a, a Formula One driver, I forget his name, like Thompson or something like that, who had the same issue. His dad was his agent, and he just said, look, Dad, I need to get to the next level. It's a little bit different than what's happening here, but he said, I need to get to the next level, and, and I need to drop you as my agent. You're still my dad. You're still my guy, but I need to bring in the outsiders. I need to bring in the professionals. And I wonder if, if Lonzo or one of the other kids, are going to say, look, Dad, you got us and helped get us to where we are, but I don't want you representing me anymore, right? Because it it seems like there's a personality conflict. He may be, Lonzo, maybe every bit as confident as his dad, but he shows it in a different way. He carries himself differently. And I don't know if it's because he has the game and maybe his dad is, is somewhat you know, frustrated that he himself didn't didn't do this as a you know as a yeah. professional athlete. Well, you know, when but, someone has it, they don't necessarily flaunt it. And Lonzo's nice, so he's not over there yapping and talking. He just shows and proves, and you gotta like that. Yeah, so I, I'd love to see how this movie plays out. Yeah, and we might just find out come next week. It might be playing out in Los Angeles. We'll see. Uh, let's get to some baseball, man. I mean, you hate to see. These injuries with Noah Syndergaard and, and different pitchers, you know, having their situations. And then, you know, I'm getting tired, Ray, of the baseball and written rules. Now, we know from the last series and this series this week, week with the Red Sox and Orioles and the N-word drama and this and that, 
and uh, I'll hit you. I'll throw behind you. And, you know, they play again, I think, what, June 1st, and it'll be in Baltimore, and I'm sure that'll each game or a couple games will be, you know, MLB Network and ESPN. Um, the very next night, I guess there was uh, someone in the stadium that was caught using the N-word. Um, I guess there was married to an African-American woman and was kicked or banned out of the stadium uh, in Fenway Park. So, but you have people like Albert Breer and Kurt Schilling, I guess, who were questioning if Adam Jones, uh, well, especially Kurt Schilling, if Adam Jones really, you know, was called this. And I, and I, you know, and he's kind of this whole Trump fake news stuff and really politics shouldn't be in this. And I guess I look at it like, why would he lie? And obviously people are throwing peanuts and stuff at him. I don't think Adam Jones has any reason to lie about it. And I just kind of think somebody like Kirk Schilling is just stirring up the pot to kind of be controversial for no reason. I, I, don't, I don't know. How do you see this mess? Because I feel like it, it's, it's a little bit of a mess. Yeah, I'm with you. Why would somebody falsify that? It doesn't seem like that's the that's the type of spotlight and that's the type of you know press you want to be creating. That's not the fake news you want to put out there. You know what I mean? Right. Well, especially <laughs> so when I, we know other players have experienced the same thing in Boston, and many others after this have come out and said, "Yeah, that's happened to me too." CC Sabathia is one of them, and and a bunch of others. And it's not like it's not like shocking, right? I mean, we know the stories of Bill Russell and played there in Boston, and Celtic fans broke into his house, wrote free on his wall, defecated in his house. I mean, you know, come on. So it's not like you know Boston could be Pollyanna. And give the fans credit because a lot of people the next night gave a standing ovation, and I thought that was very classy, um, you know, to Adam Jones. So. I don't know. Do you think this series is just eventually going to go to a big brawl? Obviously, because, you know, the Machado and back and forth with that, Chris Sale. I don't know. I think these guys are all mature enough. I mean, they're not acting that way, but I, I don't think. Well, it's I was going to say, are you sure they're mature? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think because you're division rivals and you pay each other, play each other 18 or 19 times, yeah. then this is one of the drawn out. Events, but I think by the time the summer comes around, I think they have three more series. So they've played each other what, eight times already. I think they have ten more games. So they've played each other eight, eight, nine times already. So I think it's going to die down. I do because everybody's had this before against a different team. So there's nothing really, really fundamentally crazy about the Boston-Baltimore rivalry. I think oh, it just no, got out no. of hand, and it was a bad mistake. You know, if you're going to hit Machado. You do it the very next day in the first, second inning, whenever he hits. So that's it, and then you're done with it. And those are the unwritten rules, which, again, we hate. Um, first of all, write them down. I, we, we volunteer Ray and Tay as being the secretary <laughs> of the unwritten rules. We'll write them down. Let's, let's sit in a room it. with baseball and write these rules down. So we could say Rule 27, if I slide into you at second base, you hit me the next day below the head and above the knees – you hit me the next day in the first two innings. And that's it. We're done with it. Exactly. And you're right. It's got to be safe. You don't ever go for somebody's head. You know, so that's, that's, I think that's the issue. But on the field, let's talk about one, the, 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 the player of, uh, you know, the, the, 
the hour, Aaron Judge, and series of the hour. Yankees, Cubs, Yankees win today 3-2. This is going to be a great series this weekend. Brett Gardner hit a three-run homer. Ray, I, let me tell you something. I told you, the baby bombers are back. I think they're taking New York back, where a lot of people are like, oh, it's all about the Mets. Da, 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 da. No, no, no. The Yankees are taking it back. This young roster, it reminds you almost of 93, 94, leading up to 95, 96 with the Yankees. These young kids coming in together, a nice, you know, it's more than a core four. There's like core seven of these guys eventually. But, you know, you've got your, your veterans sprinkled in and Carter and Holiday and CeCe. And, but, you've, you know, you've got Tanaka and, you know, you've got some non-Yankees like Ellsbury. But in terms of these young guys, this is, uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, we're both Yankee fans, but even non-Yankee fans, it's good when the empire is, you know, the evil winning empire because people like to root against them and people like to root for them. They're national team, you know, and I think it's just good for the sport as well, for the ratings nationally and everything. So uh, this should be a great series this weekend. And I love to see the Yankees, uh, you know, take it to one or is it a three or four game? Is it three game? I think it's three game, right? Okay. So I'd like to see them, you know, they already got the first one today. So, um, you know, it, it should be a, a lot of fun. Anything else in baseball you're kind of keeping your eye on? Well, the all these pitchers are getting hurt. Yeah. So that, that's something that, that bothers me. Uh, but then again, if you're going to get hurt, get hurt in April and May and not later on in the season. And you know what else is the surprise is we still have surprise division leaders, right? So Cleveland Indians took back the lead from Minnesota and Chicago, but all of them are basically the same, Chicago, Minnesota, and Cleveland. Uh, in, the, in the National League, right, Colorado and Arizona are both yeah. leading the Dodgers, and the Giants may just have tanked the season. At 11 and 18, they have the second-worst record or third I guess third or fourth worst record in baseball and, and their pitching's holding up for the for the D-backs and Rockies and their offenses are ridiculous <laughs> yeah and look I think eventually the Dodgers catch both of them but Colorado's interesting because they play in that park they can always score and if they can pitch they're competitive they can win some games on the road and and, and your Diamondbacks you know they were terrible last year and Shelby Miller never panned out, and everybody said, oh, God, what did Goldschmidt, you know, yeah, hit a wall? And then, messing up again. Yeah, yeah, and then second half of the season he came back, and now they're putting it together, so they look like they could – they're what we thought. They're the good Diamondbacks, right? You've got the Jekyll and Hyde situation going on there. And who would have thought the Milwaukee Brewers would be right on Chicago's tail? Now, you got to think Chicago's going to pull away in that division, but – Chicago is followed by Milwaukee and Cincinnati. Who would have thought that after almost 30 games? And the Astros look like they're kind of back in the groove. Dallas um, Keuchel is back. Yeah. Oh, Ray, he's woof, He's looking good. Keuchel's really looking good. It's going to be a fun summer. Um, you know, a lot of star players and you're seeing some, you know, boombastic numbers in terms of, you know, batting averages and home runs. And, you know, it, it's always, um, it's always exciting. And then I think when you can get, you know, whether it's guys challenging for, 
you know, crazy home run seasons or batting averages close to, you know, 400, which we'll probably never see. But, you know, Garcia, you know, and the White Sox at 371 in the AL, which is nice. And then obviously you have 424 from Ryan Zimmerman, Ray. That is legitimate. Wow. I mean, you talk about a batting average and, you know, second place is 376 from his teammate, uh, which is no, no slouch in Bryce Harper. I mean, how impressed are you with Ryan Zimmerman? I mean, this might be one of those seasons where, you know, he, he just might, you know, turn, turn it around to be, uh, I don't know, comeback most improved or just MVP. I don't, I don't know what you would call it, you know? Well, this guy is legitimate. We've seen the best of Zimmerman. We've also seen the worst of Zimmerman, though. So he's been up and down, had some injuries. But when Ryan Zimmerman's in a zone, and then if you put him – if Rendon can do anything like he did last week, but you put him in that lineup with Harper, and they've got decent – Jason Worth still has a little bit in him. They've got some decent – offensive power now obviously they're carried by their pitching staff the nationals but if they can get that offense humming on a regular with the pitching staff then they're they're my favorites you know maybe even better than chicago chicago's got that sophomore slump i guess they they won their they won their world series and now they're they're a little bit out of sync yeah no and i'm impressed with zimmerman with the 11 homers you know what i mean he's him and thames and uh freeman are tied in the national league um, and then obviously Judge is ahead of everybody and the head of the AL with 13. It's uh, it's uh, it's definitely impressive. So ba- baseball is going to be a lot of fun. We'll 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 get to it. Let's uh, kick around the hockey before we get to our segment in the NBA playoffs. Um, are you? I guess in some ways, do you feel like Nashville is just they're on a mission? Like they're just going to take care of St. Louis? And, and, and knock them and finish them. You know, Anaheim and Edmonton are playing later. They're tied, but Nashville's up 3-1. Um, and, they're, you know, the game just started. What do you think? You know what? They've surprised me all year, and I can't bet against them. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Nashville takes care of business. I mean, they lead the series 3-1. I think they win tonight in St. Louis. And they go on and meet. You know, the, win- the the winner of tonight's game probably wins the Anaheim-Edmonton series, right? Because they'll go up 3-2. Right. They have two chances to win. Um, you know, obviously everyone wants to see Connor McDavid and see what he can do. Is he the next Gretzky? Is he going to go to four or five Stanley Cups? It's much harder to do now than it was in that mid-'80s when Gretzky was, was doing it with the Oilers. But that Western Conference, is, is it's youth. They're turning it around, right? Everybody had the Chicago Blackhawks. Everybody had the the traditional powers, but if it's Nashville yeah. and Edmonton, Edmonton, yeah, not, right? You're like, well, what Vegas, everybody's Vegas like, what happened to the Blackhawks Kings? <laughs> Vegas didn't predict that. It's great though. You like to see new blood, and and um, you know, and then obviously for you know the Maple Leafs that went out earlier, Austin Matthews from out here, and you know, there's. But at the end of the day, we hope uh, you know Sid the kid. They're up 3-1-2, and Alex might be going home again, Ray. We'll see tomorrow night. Do you think Washington's got it back? I mean, do you think Washington has a chance to, to get back and win this, or are the Penguins and Sid the Kid just too much? I think they're too much. 
I really Oof. do. And I had the Capitals going all the way to the finals and maybe even winning Lord Stanley's Cup, but not this year. They just don't, for some reason, they're just not doing it. I mean, Backstrom's playing fine. Ovechkin's doing okay. T.J. Osh's fine. But beyond that, they just, you know, it's shaky goaltending. They have, they've gotten themselves Well, that's what I was going to say. What's really missing? For Alex to get over the hump, is it, a, you know, a better goaltender? Do they need one more defender? I mean, I don't know if they're physical like the way they, they used to be. You know, I don't know. what. Almost need to get, get an identity that isn't reliant on Alex Ovechkin. And he's just your star goal scorer, but, but they got, they've got a defensive identity or, or they've got a great goal. And that great goal is hard to find. Obviously you can't right, pick right, them off right. the tree, but they can't keep doing this to being great in the regular season and then just flaming out in the playoffs. Cause give the Penguins credit, Ray. Remember, even when Sid got hurt, uh, they still were winning. You know, remember last year, you know, they were still awesome when he didn't play games. And wasn't as, as you know, such a, a main factor. So they've built an entire team around him. So I, I give them right. credit. And then you got and the Senators. Other and, series, yeah, I was going to say, and the other series, the Rangers and the Senators, it's all about home ice. Yeah. So whoever's been at home has been winning. So we'll see if no, that goes to Rangers game seven. Saturday. I think the Rangers are going to go to Ottawa, and I think they're going to take the lead 3-2. I, 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 I think the Rangers are going to do it. Really, I think Ottawa's gonna. I think I think each team will win at home, and then the game, game seven, seven is a coin flip. Okay, so let's uh, let's talk real quick about his NBA playoffs, and then we can segue it into. I'm sorry because I think we're both talking NBA in there anyway. Um, obviously, you know they're in Toronto now, um, but the last game, LeBron just, you know, to go up to, oh, 39 points, 10, it's, it's too much. Like, I just, I know DeRozan, his shooting is bad, but at some point, not only do they need to reconstruct this team, I just, I don't know what it is that they're good enough, but they're just not good enough. And I don't want to say they're not just good enough to be Cleveland, but honestly, Toronto, even if they got tonight's game, I, I think they might just get one, but I don't think they'll even get tonight's game. They're up by three now, but at the half, 52-49. What is it? Is it just shooters, you think? Or DeRozan-Lowry, that mix is not good enough. You need to trade one of them. Where would you go with this with them? I think it's a roster issue. And just like everybody in the West is worried about Golden State, everybody in the East is needs to be worried about Cleveland. Right. And so you have to design so yourself to beat them. You have to. You have to yeah. because at best you'll be losing in the East Conference Finals every year. You want to give yourself a chance to win. And you either have to beat them at their game or you have to be contrarian. You have to be do something they don't do. So be big. You know, Go inside. Shoot. Stretch the court go up and down, be an offensive team. I feel like Toronto doesn't have a, a great identity. They're a very good regular season team. They don't have a great identity, and their go-to guys are not proven NBA playoff caliber stars, you know, and this league yeah. is about stars. Well, if and you trap be- Lowry or double-team DeRozan, the other one is not a consistent enough shooter. They're scorers. 
They're not shooters. And they, they really, I mean, what did he shoot the last game? Two for 17. I mean, you can't do that. You and know, the I, thing with those I, two is they have those games too often. It's okay to lay an egg. Everybody does it. And oh, especially yeah. if you're, if you're shooting a lot from the outside, right. but this is almost half their games are eggs. And Every time you turn around, he's like five for 13, five for 17. Yes, you're right. He's, he's volume, poor volume. Last season, he shot 31% in, in the playoffs. So, well, let's, before we look at what was happening last night, uh, Tony Parker, done surgery, do the Rockets just finish him off and it, it's going to be 4-1? Do the Spurs have another win in them? I think tonight the Rockets get the win. What do you think happens in this series? I don't think so. I think San Antonio wins the series, believe it or not. Hell, uh, with no Tony. Still, wow. with no Tony Parker, because, you know, Mike D'Antoni's teams eventually hit a wall. Eventually they shoot themselves out of the series. And granted, James Harden has played terribly in the first three games. I mean, in James Harden standards, right? Kawhi Leonard's by far the best player on the court in this series. And I think he's the best player in general. Oh, what did he have last night? Like 34, 7, and 8? I mean, he, he was yeah, on Yeah, I, I think he's – I mean, I don't, I don't think it's outrageous to say he's the second best player in the league. I mean, the, well, because of his impact on both that. sides. I think he's the second best player remaining in the playoffs. I, I would rank them LeBron, Kawhi, and I was going to say Harden, Durant, and it's real close, but Durant came back last night, and, and we'll talk about that in a second. He just went off, and he's looking good. So you could say Durant, Harden, and then you'd have to give it to Curry fifth. But those are the, the top five guys, you know, remaining left in the playoffs and, and maybe just an NBA period. But um, no, I, I, I'm going to go Rockets. I, I think that injury was just – I was going Rockets anyway, but I'm, that injury is too much for me. It's definitely – so tell me this. Can the Jazz – and Gordon Hayward, God bless him, he went off last night, and they still lost. But at home, the question is, can they get one? Because the other players are going to play better. Do you see the Jazz getting one, or are the Warriors just too sharp? They're too much. Fastened. Too much. Bring out your That's a sweeper. That's a sweeper. Yeah. Start sweeping. They're beautiful uh, to watch. Utah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, Utah has no chance. They, they have to play 48 minutes of good basketball, and I don't think they have it in them because – their depth when you start taking Hayward out and you start taking some of these guys out and Rudy Gobert is can only do so much. I think the Golden State Warriors are too deep, too strong, too fluid offensively. Utah not only has to play a great game, they have to slow it down. They have to impose their tempo on the Warriors, which they haven't been able to do. So I don't think so. I don't think they win a game. Yeah, and then when you get, you know, Curry's been hot, but then now Durant, 25-11-7, Ray, ouch. This team is marching to the finals, and really the battle is between them and Cleveland, who's going to get more rest? <laughs> I think that's the, the battle that, you know, fans are not paying attention to. They're both trying to just sweep, you know, 4-4-4. Four, four, four. You know, it's like Moses Malone, 4-4-4. Four, four, four. Um, <laughs> talk to me about uh, – the Wizards, first of all, everybody's up in arms about these, this little scuffle and fight and flopping or whatever. I'm like, it was nothing. It's a pick. It was a legit pick. And then the response, no, Ubre shouldn't be suspended. 
if this was 80s or 90s, it would be nothing. Like, I'm just like, stop it, everybody. Don't be so soft. I didn't think it was much to do about anything, Ray. And I also feel Washington, they're going to come back. At the end of the day, they're going to be able to get one in Boston. They're going to win it out in Washington. And I think they'll have one game where Porter, Morris, and Oubre do enough to help Wall and Beal, and they're going to they're gonna take one. Because Boston is too much. Isaiah, is, they're so dependent on him. Last night, he only had, what, he only took like five shots? He's like two for five or something crazy? Like, I, I don't even know how you do that, but they were trapping him and double-teaming him. And then Boston can't score after that. Yeah, you know me. I hate Boston's roster, and I, th- I think that uh, <laughs> Washington has no depth, though. That's the problem. Who gives them that punch when your starting five is sitting? So what they might have to do is they might have to play these guys a lot of minutes, but I do like Washington's roster better. And if you think about it, Washington's actually played better in the series for most of the series. So right. if they've played Green four games, what's that, 12 quarters, they've probably played better for eight or nine of those 12 quarters. So you could, you could argue Washington should be up 2-1 or maybe even 3-0. Uh, but the most outstanding player of this series has been Isaiah Thomas, despite his bad game last game. I just think that you can get the ball out of his hands, you can make him shoot difficult shots, and as long as you can rebound, you know, your backcourt can keep them busy. And they started Posting him up, Otto Porter was making him pay a little bit on defense. So I agree. I think Washington is a better team. And I I thought that Boston could lose in the first round to Chicago, which if Ronda was healthy, who knows? They looked great with him in the first two games. I think Boston is playing on borrowed time. But guess what? All those draft picks are coming. Thank you to the Nets. (laughs) Well, they're (laughs) going to have to trade something for a star. It's not helping them the way it is. So let's end real quick with a little I'm sorry. I'm going to shoot at it first, Ray. Um, look, I'm, I respect what you're saying, but I just, I just can't see it. I think with Tony Parker having successful, you know, successful uh, torn quad surgery, he's done. I think the Spurs are done. I think him and Ginobili both, definitely Ginobili, but he also could be done with their careers. And I just want to say, you know, it's, it's time. I'm sorry, Spurs fans. You had a 20-year run. Ginobili and Parker will join Duncan in the Hall of Fame. The two of those gentlemen have four championships. You think they're both say, Hall of Famers? I do. I think that if they – you have also? to be honest, they are the fourth or fifth best backcourt ever. You're talking, you know, West and Goodridge. You're talking Thomas and Dumars, um, you know, maybe even, you know, Curry and Thompson – and I would definitely say that, you know, and then you've obviously got Sam Jones and, and Kuzi, but these two gentlemen, Parker and Ginobili, whether you rank them third, fourth, or fifth, they are the top five best backcourt of all time. They've proven it on the court. They're winners. They were clutching the playoffs. They put up numbers. And obviously we know Parker was a finals MVP. And um, I'm just, I'm sorry that it's over because it was a beautiful run, but I think this is the end of it. So, Spurs fans, I'm sorry. Your time is up. Well, good for them. They still have Kawhi Leonard, though. Oh, yeah. Well, you're right. It's a complete – they're rebuilding, but not really because you you still segue. You're rebuilding your backcourt now. (laughs) You you already did the frontcourt. (laughs) Right, and they were a pleasure to watch. 
So my I'm sorry goes a little bit north. We talked about Uh-oh. this a bit. I'm sorry to the Toronto Raptors fans. You know, they got excited last year when they lost a couple and then they came back and won all their home games and gave Cleveland all they could handle. They re-signed DeMar DeRozan because he was going to go to L.A. back where he played USC that one year. They re-signed Kyle Lowry. They got some free agents. Valanchunas got healthy. They got the rest of their roster up and going. They got Serge Ibaka. But you know what? It's not enough. You guys are just not good enough to contend in the East. And it's hard for you to get free agents for whatever reason. Maybe it's going up to Canada. Maybe it's playing in Toronto. I don't know, being far from the U.S. So if if you're a U.S.-born player, you're not really banging down the door to Toronto. So I'm sorry, you guys, but you have to blow it up. You have to take this team and you have to dismantle it. You have to start with one or two, one of the two between DeMar DeRozan mm. and Kyle Lowry. One of them has to go. You got to take this roster and, and you you have to take risks. You have to be able to turn it upside down. Would you trade DeRozan for Butler? And would the Bulls do it? Very similar. They are, but I think Jimmy Butler gives you a little bit more on the other side of the court. On the right, the Raptors side. Would have to throw in something with it, yes. Yeah, so I, I like that trade from a Raptors perspective. He's a little bit more dynamic. But here's the problem. Neither of those guys shoot threes, and this game is all about shooting threes, stretching the court, and then being able to penetrate. So I think that's part of the problem that Toronto has is that Lowry and DeRozan are not pure and especially DeRozan, are not pure three-point shooters. So I, I, I would consider just for the sake of making a trade, you know, changing it up a little bit. But I think it, it, it's, it's more than that. I think it's fundamental. I think they have to, they have to break up the, the, the chemistry that they have and the team that they have because they are at best the Milwaukee Bucks of the 80s, which, again, we, we look at them fondly, and we think that was a that was a fun team to watch, but they never got past the second round of the playoffs. They hit either the Celtics or the Sixers. That's a great comparison. Very, very. Although I think the Bucks of the '80s were better than this Raptors better, team, but more talented. But their results right, right, but it's are similar comparison. because they're going to yeah. be, you know, second, third, or fourth in the Eastern Conference. They'll win the first round series, and they'll lose in the second round. That's it in a nutshell. Well, look, that's a great way for us to end the show. We're both you know, basically saying, hey, Toronto and San Antonio, we're sorry. And we want you to have a great sports week weekend. We'll be back Monday. Might have a special football guest. Talk a little Pac-12, Oregon Ducks football. So hopefully, you know, we'll be rocking with you, talking some NFL. So join us on Monday. And like always, thank you for listening. And uh, have a great sports weekend. Out. Let's go, yeah, yeah.